Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, I hope you're enjoying 2024 so far, but guess what? You can enjoy it that little bit more if you follow our advice here at the NC Show. You know our friends at College Football Island who put on college games every summer in Dublin. Well, they're back and we're back. This summer, Florida State, Georgia Tech, August 24th, we are going to be there. The big question is, are you? If you head on over to College Football Island. You can register interest right now. We're going to put the link in the show notes too. So you can just click on that if that's easier for you. Um, Info will be sent to you about how you get tickets, how you get those locked in and come and join the party. I tell you what, it is one of the best football experiences I've ever had. And we've doubled down year on year and we're going back again for more. So me, Propo, Ben, hey, we might even drag Carlson with us this year. We're going to be there. The big question is, are you? Get involved. Collegefootballisland.com. Welcome to the Nakum Show. It's Fitstairs Friday. Fitstairs Edge Rush. It's me. It's Alt. It's Ben. It's NFL Divisional Round Weekend. Our favorite picks coming up. We're going to be breaking down each of the games. We're going to get into a bit of NFL news on the coaching front as well at the top. And plenty more besides. All done in association with our partners at Fitstairs. If you're going to have any action on the action this weekend, well, first things first. Only think of one place to do it. Fitstairs. We love them. We scratch their back. They scratch ours. They are Propo's favorite bookmaker in the world, of course, because if they have a prop bet listed that you want to get action on, just reach out to them and they'll give you a price. Propo fills his boots every week. Make sure if you are going to have any action, though, you gamble responsibly. If you gamble aware.org, you know the drill by now. Just do it in moderation. Have fun with it, right? Let's get straight down to business. Me, Ben O. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Danat Coombs' show. It's Fitstairs Edge Rush slash FFS time. Never forget the double down. And we're trebling down because it's not just me. It's Propo and it's Ben Isaacs, a.k.a. at tweets from Ben in the house. How are you, Benny? I'm good. Obviously, I'm a bit shaken by the fact that my Drew Lock did not yeah. come in. I mean, That's I'm only impressed you fourth. turned up for the show, to be honest. It was, it was mortifying. But the thing is, when you when you have a Drew Lock, when you pick a favorite to to get a heavy victory and they're like 27 points down quite quickly, at least then you come to terms with it quite quickly that, okay, my Drew Lock is not coming in this week. There's no biting of nails. It is done. I've moved on. Will I learn my lesson? We'll find out later. You sound a lot like Shane Vereen, guest on our show this week. Of course, go check that out in the vault. The brilliant Shane Vereen, along with the fantastic Scott McCabe as well. Uh, one of our divisional round preview pods. We've got three, frankly, because today is going to be all about that as well, of course. Shane talks about that from a playing perspective, Ben. He says, in a way, he prefers the blowout game. He said Belichick used to prefer the blowout games in a way as, plo- uh, as opposed to the narrow, edgy losses. Propo, I guess we feel the same, right? You'd rather just go out blazing as opposed to... A, a nail-biting, bad beat, backdoor cover, crazy old finish, right? I, I I woke up, obviously, I was saying how last week, obviously, I went with the over in the Rams-Lions game. I was tossing that between the going with the Rams spread, so obviously I make that regret. But the worst thing about it was, as I said last week, I think this game's going to be a classic, and I think it was a classic. It was a great game, definitely the best game of the weekend. And uh, I woke up, obviously, I have to wake up at 3.45 a.m. for my job on a Monday morning. So I set my alarm earlier and I woke up for the second half. And I woke up to the second half starting with there being 38 points on the board. 
I needed two touchdowns in that second half between the Rams and the Lions with the Rams moving the ball so easily. Yes, Goff didn't have the best second half, but the Rams were moving the ball so easily. And I watched them get into the red zone, what was it, three times and just fail to convert a touchdown on any of those red zone possessions. Cooper Cup just couldn't get any separation whatsoever. Slightly concerning about him going into next season. Obviously, Nakur went completely off. The run game was completely stopped by the Lions as well. Williams couldn't get going. He ended up getting banged up as well. It was one of those where I've woken up and I was like, God, I really could have done with that extra hour of sleep when I started producing a four-hour radio show. What is the propo um, sequence when you get up at 3.30 in the morning and the game's on? So presumably the first thing is reach over to the side of your bed and have a quick swig of tequila, right? That, that's yeah. going to presume the first thing you do. But then when you're up and about, so what do you do? Do you have it on on an iPad? Do you put, obviously you have talk sports coverage on, I'm, I'm sure. Of course. All, all the way through. Um, but yeah, what you're getting ready to go to work. Literally, it's literally like I'm getting ready. I am getting out, out of bed. I have it. I have it on my phone and my laptop, so I can put it in my phone when I get in the shower. So I'm watching yeah. it on the phone in the shower while I'm brushing my teeth. I have it on my phone, but then I permanently have it on my laptop in my room. So when I'm kind of getting ready, getting dressed, and everything, I literally have the game on at all times. And I'm basically because my flatmate obviously is asleep and next door to me. I'm basically if something comes in or something doesn't come in, and I'm screaming and shouting. There's Perfect. a lot of silent <laughs> screaming and shouting. You know that kind of like yeah. smashing something without actually smashing it and. All of those reactions that you'd love to do, but I have to do it in a complete silent manner. It's like a, yeah, it's like a sketch pretty much. But it's a, it's a, it's a weird world I live in. It is a weird, weird world I live in. But it's great. I tell you what, it makes it so much easier to wake up at that time when you know that you've got the NFL to watch and you know you've got something to, to look forward to. So it does like it's almost like Christmas. You go to bed like it's Christmas, you know, because you're like, okay, I get to wake up and watch the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And that's a note, Ben, not to chat to all when the season's done late February, which is a bleak time for all of us, right? Like particularly all, I think just keep a, keep a wide berth from him. We should definitely get uh, Ollie getting up for uh, his uh, talk sport gig uh, at four in the morning while the game's on as a YouTube video. We should definitely do yeah. that because I think that would, that would drive the subscribers. Um, hey, speaking of our YouTube channel, by the way, Ben, uh, at the NC shows how you follow us on YouTube. A ton of you are subscribing, which is great. And Seb, because let's face it, Seb's the brains of the operation, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't he we just? Don't come up, we don't come up with any any ideas. For, it's not a high bar, by the way. But Seb is the brains of the operation. Let's come up with a subscriber of the week. Subscriber of the week award for anyone that subscribes to us on YouTube, which we are going to start to, as well as just us giving love and shouting out and uh, adding you into the mix uh, of the pod, which we're about to do. We're also going to tie that in with our friends at USA Sports as well. So there's going to be things to win as well as our respect. Uh, an undying gratitude. Mark Hall, shout out to you, Mark Hall, our YouTube subscriber of the week. Not only are we giving you a big up here on the pod, but Dave, uh, Dave Clark, our legendary creative genius, and Seb mm. have created a shirt for you, pushed it out on social, bigged you up as well on the NC Show social channel. So you're getting a lot of love, uh, Mark Hall, and quite rightly so, because we appreciate that that support. I think we got to say though, although I would I would love a kind of insight into the Ollie early morning routine when he's trying to juggle getting ready for work with an NFL game. I'm just going to say I don't want any YouTube footage of him in the shower. I I oh, it's bad sorry. enough I know he's watching the games naked. Oh, uh, you have to go there, Benny. I mean, Benny, you have to pay for that stuff. I'm not releasing that stuff for free, mate. I've got an OnlyFans page if you want to pay for it. <laughs> Perfect. Drop a link in the show notes. I love it. I love it. Uh, didn't Iron Mike drop something really, really unpalatable in the WhatsApp group the other? The oh, other that day? was really unpalatable. I, I actually really enjoyed it. You said, "Oh God," I, I was something like that. You reacted like a dad or like a mum. You're definitely the mum of the chat, and he's definitely like the granddad. That's definitely the way it is. And he's like, "You got you found well, it like really." And I, honestly, when I saw it, I was just Ben's like the big brother. Myself. You're like the little brother. Yeah, because um, also like we've middle, got people Seth's in that group who have like done yeah. social, haven't done social media for us for years, so they must yeah. just see that and be like, Mike Carlson is still Mike Carlson, you know. Carlson oh, hasn't changed at all. Maybe that's something we should give uh, as a competition prize, just uh, like a week's a week's ticket to our WhatsApp group. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, that's not a bad chat. All right, we are going to break down, of course, the divisional uh, round games. We're going get, to get to those in just a moment with our uh, Drew Locks, our favorite picks of the week. We're going to have an Acker as well. Are we doing an Acker proper? We're doing like a double now. We're getting to this number of games. I think we should still try and do the Acker. Obviously, last week I said that what I liked was the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, yeah. 
and that the the Cowboys as much as but we went with the Oracle Ben Isaacs because I was very much on the Packers last week. But yeah. obviously, considering Ben's record this season, we had to follow him. But uh, yeah, that didn't go too well for it, Ben, did it? I can't Denver believe they're breaks. bringing McCarthy back. Oh, well, we, I want to get into all of that in a minute. A couple of mm. bits of news, some coaching news that we'll get into before we get to the divisional round. Just to wrap up the housekeeping. So you both dropped your Drew Locks. My Drew Lock landed. So I'm above 500 now. Um, yeah, you're above 500. I've just dropped below 500. And we are... So I'm one game off you. Yeah. And Ben is what, Ben? You're like 15-4 and 3 or something? 94 on a tear. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah, fifteen four and one, something like that. Oh, I not think bad. it's that something like that. No, no, honestly, I can't <laughs> think for sure. Oh, it's because he just he drops in and takes out picks like he like, as he wants. Yeah. You know that record is just so artificial. Oh, man. I know. Just whoa, 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 Definitely whoa. needs an asterisk. No, no, but no. no. Asterisk Every button. official pick I have made on this show oh, yeah. counts towards that. Sure, sure it does. Every what about every... ChatGPT? Did ChatGPT win? Uh, ChatGPT, no, because they said the Eagles. ChatGPT, I don't think, has won a bet in about six weeks because the ChatGPT backed the Eagles last week, didn't they? Yeah, of course. It did, ChatGPT, in a, in a close game. Um, well, okay. Well, Ben, you're going to be uh, programming, prompting, I think is the technical term, ChatGPT uh, on today's show because you are ChatGPT's best bud. As you maybe didn't know, Ben, I don't know if you listened back to the show last week, but uh, I was on ChatGPT duty and uh, things are warming up a little bit. Like ChatGPT seems to like me a bit more than it did a couple of weeks back, but no one can fill your boots. So you're going to be on chat, GPT duty. Propo, you're picking our DraftKings team of the week, right? Yeah, I've, I've picked it. I have. That is very it. exciting. All right. So don't forget, of course, the show notes uh, will have a link to our DraftKings uh, league where you can enter the contest by clicking on that link. So it'll take you straight to the league and you can, if you haven't got a DraftKings account, it'll automatically prompt you to set one up and then you'll go to the, to the contest and get involved with that. Free to enter our friends at USA Sports uh, offer prizes as well as the cash prizes that DraftKings uh, come up with. By the way, got a call with the DraftKings crew on Monday. They're, they're promising big things for the Super Bowl. So mm. watch this space, gang. We're going to be announcing some very exciting stuff there very soon. Right. We'll get into the divisional games in just a mo, but let's let's talk about a bit of coaching intrigue. Starting with, well, this story broke overnight. Ben, we'll go to this first, given it's your beloved Bears. Mm. Cliff Kingsbury being interviewed for the OC gig in in Chicago. Now, as well, the article in uh, on the Athletic has seemingly four different journalists contributing to it. <laughs> Um, well, between them, they've made the point uh, fairly uh, fairly sharply that the connection here is intriguing because of Caleb Williams, right? Because Kingsbury most recently was part of the USC coaching crew. So what does this mean? Are we joining the dots too readily? Are we jumping to conclusions? Or does this indicate that, as the Athletics suggest, that the Bears are at least considering making a play for him. Yeah, I think I think the Bears are seriously considering drafting Caleb Williams and seriously considering keeping Justin Fields. So I don't think they are particularly close to making up their mind on that. Mm. And also, it doesn't benefit them to show their hand too mm. early because if everyone thinks, oh, they're taking Caleb Williams or everyone knows they're not taking Caleb Williams, it changes the value of that mm of the, the trade value of that draft pick. So are they using Cliff Kingsbury? Get using, they could be using Cliff Kingsbury to indicate, Oh, they, they are interested potentially in Caleb Williams. They might genuinely be interested. They might be trying to figure out from Cliff Kingsbury strengths and weaknesses that are not seen on the field, or they might just see, look, he, here's, here's a guy who had a great reputation in terms of putting up good offenses when he was at, Texas Tech it didn't go fantastically well for him in Arizona as a head coach maybe he is better as an OC and the 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 thing is the offense at USC last season was not amazing this mm. they were not lighting it up and Caleb Williams he didn't regress but he did not have a spectacular year as he had the year before so it's not like oh Cliff Kingsbury offensive genius he brings the best out of Caleb Williams it's intriguing that they're doing this and from a Bears perspective, I think it's a good idea. I think it's it keeps the trade value of that first round pick potentially getting higher, yeah. and it can it can only be useful. You'll you'll speak to lots and lots of people in a coaching search, 
and you'll get little bits of information from them. I just don't know. I just don't know. I think it's a good idea talking to him, but I just don't know what it means. Okay, next up, Belichick, second interview in Atlanta. Seems pretty much proper that that's a, a done deal, right? Belichick to the Falcons. I like the idea, though. I would like Belichick's reaction to the fact that he has to have a second interview because he can amass like one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time. You're like, really? Do I need to come back for a second interview? This isn't like he's <laughs> not some grad. He's not some graduate trying to go into like a sports marketing <laughs> job, is he? Like where he's going back for yeah. a second interview, and he's nervous for it. He is, yeah, the greatest coach of all time potentially. And uh, but I think I mean it makes sense. It's interesting, and I thought what you and Shane got into it um, on the preview podcast. It was fascinating because it is going to be all about how much power. Does he have? Is he going to be the GM? Is he going to have all of those personnel responsibilities as well? But obviously, it's an improvement on Arthur Smith. I don't think that's a hot take in any way. Bill Belichick, and from just a coaching standpoint, he'll be able to get the best out of this defense specifically. And you hope that he'll be able to bring in an offensive coordinator who will be able to utilize the weapons that Arthur Smith has failed with and Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. So you think that Bill Belichick is a great fit because this Falcons team is full of talent. They're in a division which you could easily start dominating. I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the divisional round, but I still don't think they're an incredible team. Bill Belichick making that move from the AFC East to the NFC South is potentially one of the smartest moves you can make as a coach in terms of if you're going after that, those winning, that winning record that he's going after. And I think it makes sense. I think he is, it's a right choice for him and it's the right choice for the Atlanta Falcons. I think it seems to fit well. Okay, well, it's not a done deal yet, but it feels like that is how it's going to play out. Mike Vrabel, of course, an in-demand coach. Oh, Benny, you want to come in on, on Belichick? Yeah, it's just a stat I love. So yeah. Bill Belichick as a coach has won 333 games, right? Second overall, only behind the great Don Shula with 347. So Belichick alone, 333. The Atlanta Falcons, in their entire history, have won 390 games. Like, Belichick since the 90s, <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that far off Atlanta since the 1960s? That's bad. That's really bad. I'm looking at the maths. That's bad. Hot take from Ben. Uh, I like so, that. That's kind of like when you get stats saying that Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than the entire receiving core of the Chicago Bears or something. Um, <laughs> now, just quickly, let's uh, j- wrap up some of the other coaching news. Rabel, as I say, uh, of course, widely expected to... Uh, to land one of the gigs. He's interviewing everywhere, including Atlanta. The Seahawks uh, apparently are going to be getting him in as well. The Chargers, uh, who are also interviewing Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, that is, yeah. uh, the Michigan head coach, uh, fresh on the back of their championship. Uh, Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, is it's been in the mix there as well in uh, LA. So that is, it feels like LA, I guess, obviously because of the Herbert factor, is it's a particularly enticing gig who do you reckon will land there like if everyone will want the gig right so who do you think that they they might go for Rabel Harbour Harbour feels like he would be the favorite I I suppose I think Harbour I think Harbour is the favorite and it makes some sort of sense however I personally don't know how attractive a job it is because yes they seem to be set at the quarterback position I'm sure you could feel confident about that but I don't love the rest of the roster I don't love the age of the roster. I don't love the salary cap situation they're in. Mm. So whoever whoever comes in has got a lot of work to do. This is not you don't you don't have the tools there ready to rebuild quite easily because you've got to work around that salary cap. You've got your quarterback. And Jim Harbour will love that. Mm-hmm. He he interviewed in Atlanta. I don't think he's going to get that over Bill Belichick obviously. It would I like the fit but I think it is a hard, hard job for whoever whoever takes that role. And the AFC West, it's like when we at the start of this season, we felt like, you know, the AFC West had so many good teams that we thought the Broncos were going to be really good. We thought the Chargers were going to make a run for the playoffs. We thought the, the Raiders were the only ones who didn't really have a shot. And it's ended up being a weird division. The Chiefs haven't been, the Chiefs haven't been great. If one team can get really good, unless the Chiefs actually improve their I mean, I'm talking about a team that could easily be in the Super Bowl in a few weeks, but the Chiefs do not look like the Chiefs of the last few years. There's an opportunity in that division that if Jim Harbour is the guy and he can get some wily veterans to support Herbert, then you could have a winning combination. But mm. I, I think it's a tough, tough place to win right now. It is going to, yeah, it's going to be a slow road, you think, not, not an automatic fix. All right. So, of course, we'll be abreast of all of this. All of the moves, all of the decisions as they're made. Dallas uh, are going to back McCarthy for one more year, much to the delight of the Cowboys fans. We'll get into all of this and break it down over the course of the coming weeks. 
because one of the bitter news, and we're going to get into divisional, and one, Ben, I think I'm really interested in your take on in particular, with the International Pathway Programme, places getting announced this week. The most high-profile name on these shores, anyway, was Louis Rees-Zamet, the Welsh rugby player. Got a huge amount of traction because he is a real star, and there is a, a very real sense of expectation that he could be the next Brit to give it a fighting chance or have a fighting chance of, of making a roster and perhaps where our friend Christian Scotland Williamson and of course Christian Wade blazed a trail and, and moved everything forward significantly. The next step, of course, is getting a player onto a regular 53-man roster and, and having a, a, a solid permanent role on the team. And Louis Rees-Samet seems to be one of those players that people think could go all the way. Ben, what's your take on it? Absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. Um, I, I, can, I can picture him kind of returning a kick or a punt and being absolutely fantastic. I worry a little bit. He's down as a receiver and running back. When you see him running with the ball, um, when he's playing rugby, he's quite upright. I think he's a big target to hit. I don't think he's I don't think he's got enough bulk on his body. I mean, he can put that on. He's like 22. He'll be able to put more muscle on if that's what he wants to do. He'll be able to do that. But it's going to it's going to be tough. He, you know, he's going to he's aiming for a skill position. A lot of the players in that um international player pathway this year are linemen or kickers, which is a much easier transition. For him to be an NFL wide receiver or NFL running back. I think it's a real, real long shot. I'm really glad he's doing it. And I think he's making the right decision. He's doing it now at a young age. If it doesn't work out, he can come back and still play international rugby, get paid a lot of money. Yeah. He could walk into pretty much any team, but the expectations are high because he's so talented, but yeah. we've, we've got to remember He's going to be competing with. It's not just the. It's not just the guys from around the world. It's it's the people in America who are also very talented, and have been playing the year, playing playing for years. Yeah, you know, playing. Oh, it's interesting seven. when when we you know we've worked a lot with Christian over the years, all, and he talks about the um, the easier part of it is the stuff that obviously comes naturally to Ben's point, having an explosive burst of speed, being you know a really top athlete, good hands, all of those tackling, of course, if that's relevant, all of those things that are um, by and large already imprinted in muscle memory and, and a clear cut. It's all the other aspects like blocking, obviously understanding, um, understanding the complexity of a playbook. Uh, that, that's the challenging part of it. Is special teams the, the logical way here for most players of his type to get onto a roster? I think initially that has got to be his main focus. Um for Lewis Rees-Zamet, I think the the difficulty is, and this is a, a, like a, a thing that Christian said to me that lives long in my memory, which is that and learning an NFL playbook is harder than a law conversion degree. Obviously, Christian has gone on to do mm -hmm. a law conversion degree. And the fact, the idea that going in and not only having to change your physiological style, which he also mentions, because it's a lot more about those initial bursts of speed. It's more about those sort of short, sharp movements and being able to perform in a shorter span of time, instead of it being about fitness and longevity, it's all about those short bursts of speed and agility. And that's what he's going to have to focus on. But then if you combine his physiological changes, he's going to have to make to adapt to being an NFL player with the intellectual side of it as well, being the fact that you're going to have to be thinking about all of those various different things, thinking how many steps you're going to have to take, which gap you're going to have to fill, all of those different things combined with the physiological stuff is going to be really difficult for him. And obviously he's, He's the best rugby player we've seen go over there in terms of going into skill positions. Christian Wade was obviously electric, but I think Lewis Rees-Samet being a line at age 20, realistically, he had one of the brightest futures in Welsh rugby, potentially in world rugby, even though he hasn't necessarily had as good a year over the past year as he had sort of in the early parts of his career. He does have the best opportunity, but I think it's a big risk for him realistically. I know that, as you said, it's like the early stages of his career, but even like coming back, he'll be able to get straight back into Welsh rugby, which I think is an indictment on how where rugby is right now as well. And that's like mm -hmm. a, another wider story of this is just like, just how easily someone's dropping a sport to go and try. Do you know what I mean? You're a star of one sport and you just drop it. Cause you're like, do you know what? I might just go see how I'll try another sport. Like, I think that's a sad sight for rugby. There's so many sad stories about it right now. But I think, as you said, special teams is definitely the star and it's just trying to get on a roster, trying to show his athleticism, show what he is capable of and getting a team to invest in him as much as they can, give him specific coaching and really focus on him to see if they can get 
get the best out of his skills because there's no doubt he's got the hands, he's got the speed. It's just, he's going up against, like, in terms of skill positions, you're going up against people who've been doing this and learning this sport and learning this craft, understanding right. the game since the age of seven. Yeah. I know his dad was a big fan of American football, but surely Lewis Reesamet hasn't been training as uh, to American football whilst he's also been a professional rugby player. I don't think you've got the capability no. for that. So I no, think there's, it's... There's uh, no way. I think it's just going to be really difficult to to learn as much as he needs to learn and to develop as much as he needs to develop over the space of, what, two, three years? He's really mm -hmm. got a chance of it. But, I mean, just as my ignorant English perspective goes, I mean, God, what does what does Wales have if they don't have rugby right now? No, I mean, I, I, I and you're absolutely right about kind of what it says about rugby and Welsh rugby, that enough players, even those at the very top, are like, yeah, I can turn my back on this. Because we, we, we've got timers against us, let's just get a quick perspective from uh, rugby journalist Mark Pickering. He watches Lewis day in, day out, week in, week out, uh, and loves his NFL as well. So we figured, great person to get a perspective on this transition. Let's hear what Mark's got to say about it. Lurie Summit is one of the world's brightest young stars. It's a huge loss for Wales, head of the Six Nations, for his club Gloucester, who he scored a trademark wonder try for on the weekend, but also for the game of rugby. And he had just lit up his first World Cup last year with five tries. But for Reece Summit personally, the timing does make sense. He only turns 23 in February and he knows whatever happens, he can stroll back into rugby and reclaim his spot for club and country. He's six foot three, 195 pounds. He's got pace in abundance, impressive footwork, and he can catch the ball. But can he make the leap to the NFL as a running back or a wide receiver? The odds are stacked against him, but that's only going to motivate him even more. Hopefully, he stays injury-free and things work out for him. If he does make it onto a franchise in 2024, I'm sure the Welsh Rugby Union and Gloucester Rugby will come call in and be seeking some financial compensation. Mark Pickering there, Rugby Journal underscore Mark Pickering is how you follow him on X. Don't forget the X. Uh, we will keep a close eyes on that story and indeed the wider uh, International Pathway program players, a bunch of Irish players as well, making the transition very excitingly. So uh, we'll get into a lot of that in more detail in the off season. But there's a small matter of the divisional rounds and our picks and previews to come. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to roll our sleeves up and get right into it here on Fitstairs Edge Rush. All right, welcome back to Fitstairs Edge Rush. Where shall we begin, gang? Which game shall we go to first? Why don't we go to 49ers Packers Propo? Because you and I both like the same thing in this game. And it is uh, an intriguing game, I think, because the Packers are rolling into this with their tails up, with a free hit, really, because nobody's giving them a huge amount uh, putting a huge amount of credence into them, upsetting the 49ers actually winning it. But yet, offensively, they are absolutely rolling right now. And you look at the offense, let's start with the offense if comparisons. Logically, given the two coaches at play here, there are a lot of parallels all with how they set their stall out. They heavily rely on the play action. They have very similar offenses in terms of philosophy, the ground game intrinsic, of course, to that play action is one of the things that has been fundamental in the Packers offensive resurgence, because of course, uh, Aaron Jones coming back and he's been one of the most informed running backs in the league right now, as well as that productivity on the ground has enabled the Packers offense to, to move to a different level, as well as Jordan loves acclimatization. So offensively, we're looking, albeit the 49ers more stacked with superstars, a very similar game plans, right? Yeah, I think so. I think ultimately for the Green Bay Packers, if they're going to have a chance in this game, they need to do exactly what they did against the Dallas Cowboys. They need to well win the coin toss. LaFleur needs to take the ball initially, and they need to take do a huge drive, finish with a touchdown, and make sure the 49ers play from behind like we saw against the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that's what LaFleur is going to try to do. They need to rely on Aaron Jones as much as they possibly can, even though the 49ers are stout against the run. Obviously, Aaron Jones in one of the best parts of his career. Three touchdowns last week. We tipped our hands to that. He's been incredible. And then obviously, they've got this wide receiver room where you never really know who he's throwing it to until like after the commentator said his name just because it feels like they're all the same player you never know if it's going to be a Jaden Reed game you never know if it's going to be a Dontavian Wicks game you never know if it's 
going to be a Romeo Dobbs game. It's just incredible what Lafleur is getting out of Jordan Love and he's getting out of this wide receiver room. Obviously, Musgrave had a big game last week as well. They've even got Croft. It's incredible how suddenly packed these weapons are for the Green Bay Packers. But at the same time, I think my biggest issue for this game and I think the Packers can have success in offense because of the way Jordan Love is playing and because the secondary can be thrown on as long as you keep it away from Chardavius Ward and you throw towards Moambry Thomas. I think you can have success against this 49ers secondary. The other side of the ball is where I'm convinced that the Green Bay Packers defense is going to struggle. The reason why mm. they were so good last week against the Cowboys, despite obviously laying up a lot of garbage time points, was because Dak kind of froze a little bit and Dak was suddenly in a quite a big deficit and was having to force his hand quite a lot. I'm quite forced the issue and that played into the Green Bay Packers hands significantly. We're still talking about a defense that allowed Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers to put up 30 points. He, yeah. Bryce Young, 312 yards, two touchdowns. We're talking about a Packers defense that Baker Mayfield looked like an MVP going up against him. He had 381 Careful yards, four touchdowns. Careful about the Baker. This is on this show proper. Yeah, you know, I, the, know, the numbers, I know. The numbers do, the numbers do stack up, right? So, this incredible turnaround offensively, for, and it's from week nine that 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 you've seen this turnaround. So essentially, the second half of the season. But defensively, statistically, they've basically been about the same level. There's been uh, some improvement, but they're in the the mid twenties, really, in terms of um, defensive EPA. Right. Um, Tommy DeVito got Player of the Week against them. Just another one. <laughs> this was an interesting. Again, watch watch what you say about Tommy DeVito on this show. This was interesting during that time. Uh, and during this turn turnaround in the Packers season and offense driving that, over the first eight weeks of the season, Green Bay were ranked 28th in time of possession per drive. Since then, since the turnaround, they've been ranking second in time of possession per drive as well. So obviously, um, the offense has had um, success in terms of uh, productivity, but also is, as we see time and again with this interchangeability, it's probably contributed to to a marginal uplift defensively as well because they're just protecting protecting them mm -hmm. uh, in that respect. What do you think though about this 49ers rush um against a very very sturdy Packers offensive line? What do you think of that matchup? Ben, let me come to you on that. What's your take on whether the 49ers will be able to get much cut through there because the Packers O-line has been holding up really well. Mm -hmm. no, they've been brilliant. They've been brilliant and um I don't think you can say enough good things about the way that Matt LaFleur has just got everything, got everything working. That offensive line has been stout. It's been really reliable. When you've got a young, inexperienced quarterback like Jordan Love, you've got to, you've got to give it, you've either got to give him loads of great weapons. They have not, or give him loads of time. They've given him a good amount of time and he's been making good decisions, but this 49ers pass rush is different. This 49ers team is different. Like I, I expected the Cowboys to win comfortably against the Packers. Mm. Not only did they not, they were blown out. That that Packers performance was one for the ages in terms of how satisfying that must have been for Packers fans. After starting the season two and five and being written off by plenty of people, including me, not just like at that point of the season, that was the I did not predict them in the divisional playoffs when they were two and five and looking looking awful. But stopping this stopping this stopping this rush from the 49ers, that now feels like that feels like a step too far. And I'm sure Packers fans are thinking, yeah, just keep doubting us. It's it's worked out nicely. But I just don't see I don't see how I don't see how they can deal with the 49ers. I don't see how they can deal with anything the 49ers throw at them. And that is not a knock on the Packers. It's the fact I think the 49ers are the most complete team in football right now. Green Bay, I think they can keep this close. I think they can they're gonna put up some points, but I think they are not going to be able to really mm. stop that 49ers offense. And mm. there's, there's a, obviously you love to have that bye week. The 49ers have had a week's rest. They would have ended, they ended the season being able to rest players, but the Packers are just on such a roll. Yeah. And I know you'll always take that week off and let your players rest, but who is going into this round feeling more confident. It's the age-old question, the right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst you have the recuperation, sure, that's obviously uh, particularly for some of the some of the vets in, in the 49ers. So they're going to get Armstead back, for example, and and I reckon the 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 rest, the bye has definitely helped that. But yeah, then you've got the the momentum, as I and Mike would say. Oh, where do you think in terms of the young quarterback matchup and the pressure on their shoulders? Who do you who do you fancy more to handle it, or do you think they'll both take it in their stride, or do you feel one 
he's jumping out and you think oh, they could crack they could crash and burn here I think they're going to be both relatively comfortable, but for completely different reasons. I think Jordan Love, because they're playing, Jordan Love will be fine because he's playing with house money. Yeah. Even at this point, they get blown out by the San Francisco 49ers. No one's going to turn around and be like, is Jordan Love the right quarterback for the Green Bay Packers next yeah. season? Even if he throws four interceptions because of what he's done on this stretch, because what he's already done, he's gone into Dallas's house and he's won and he's blown them out and he's played incredibly well. That performance is the one that's going to live long in everyone's memory going into next season. If they well, go into this well, game... Well, five interception game here, you never know. But but... I still don't think they would... I I don't think that would really play into it because you would just say, okay, this was a step too far. They're going up against okay. comfortably the best team in the NFC. I yeah. think everyone would be like, this is this team's a wagon. Obviously, the 49ers, Shanahan's had LaFleur's number for the majority of the past couple of seasons as well. So mm -hmm. you'd start blaming it on other things. I don't think Jordan Love has got that much pressure going into it. Again, nine and a half point underdog. He's already beaten Dallas in Dallas. If you go in here and they get blown out, they get blown out. People are still mm -hmm. saying this Green Bay Packers team, no pro bowlers, as I said on last week's podcast. No pro bowlers in this team. They can only build, and now they're attractive place for free agents. And it's going to be a, it's a positive start for the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love's career. Like they've had a great first season. Brock Purdy, I don't think is going to necessarily feel too much pressure, largely just because of. And this is what me and Ben have said all season long. When you've got the weapons surrounding you, when you've got the players who can execute on offense surrounding you, like Trent Williams, obviously as your left tackle. When you've got George Kittle, I think is going to have a big game. That's one of my first prop bets, just because mm. the Green Bay Packers can't cover over the middle. Their linebackers have been shocking. We saw that with Jake Ferguson, obviously getting a hat trick last week, which I don't think anyone had on their uh, on their wild card your, round. Your prop bets, incidentally, we should point out. Now yeah, landed last week. You're I actually had Jake Ferguson score two touchdowns at fourteen to one, which was was delightful. But Love at the same that time, work. I wasn't Love expecting I wasn't expecting a hat trick. Brock Purdy is so calm. Of course. Is it possible, Ben, that in 30 years' time, we're going to find out that he is the first AI? We used to joke, of course, about the great quarter bot back in the Americana days. I mean, are we going to find out that Brock Purdy is the first AI-driven quarterback? If they, if out of any player in the league right now, he would be the most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so efficient and sensible is decision-making. But here's a question I want to put to the two of you. Mm. on term, In terms of the, the two quarterbacks on display here, if the two quarterbacks were on the opposite teams, mm. would you think the spread would be any different? No. So the spread's what, nine and a half? No, I don't think it would. I don't think it would. I think it would be identical. I think mm. it would be and identical. What is, and what does that say? I mean, you know, you can read a lot into that. I think the spread would be identical. Mm. Now, I don't oh, think... We like... Yeah. It's a great point, Benny. We like the um, we like the over on this. And when we were discussing what our Drew Lots were going to be, I said it was on my shortlist. And you said... It's on yours as well. Are you going to take it? Is the over I, where are you going to go? Yeah, the only fear I have is rain. There's a little bit of rain, and oh, which is surprising because it's San Francisco. Yeah, there is a bit of rain around, and obviously we saw Brock Purdy played in a rain game, really struggled against the Cleveland Browns, but that is, again is in Cleveland. It's going to be a completely different kettle of fish. So I'm I'm not necessarily steering away from it. I think the Green Bay Packers will be able to put up points. I'm convinced that Jordan Love um, has, is just rolling in this offense. He's he's executing exactly the way Lafleur wants. If you say what's the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, I think it's literally that Jordan Love is just doing exactly what Lafleur wants him to do. Whereas Rodgers went off script the whole time, and I think that's playing to the Packers' favor this season. I think the I think um, Love will be to be able to execute. You don't know which receiver he's going to be going to. I don't think they'll be able to get as many much success in the run, but that lends itself towards the over anyway because he's going to have to be throwing the ball, and he'll realistically also be in a deficit because I genuinely think there's a chance that the San Francisco 49ers could put up about 40 points in this game. I think they right. could go absolutely off. I think Christian McCaffrey could have 150 rushing yards alone. I think he could tear apart this Green Bay run defense. I think they look a little bit better than they are this defense. And I don't think Joe Barry suddenly, Joe Barry suddenly fixed it overnight. I think mm. the 49ers could go off. I think Kittle could have a huge game. Whoever they line up in the slot, whether that's Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, I think he could. they could have a big game. And I just think these weapons, with the rest that they've had, CMC will be absolutely fuming that he didn't get more love for the MVP award. So I think that mm. I'm going to be giving CMC a huge, huge game in this in this one. And I think that the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers, I don't think necessarily be a shootout, but I could see this being sort of like 35-20 with ease. Okay, I'm with you on that. I love the over. It's a great pick, Propo. I think you're going to be back to winning ways with that. Ben, which way are you yeah. going? What's your Drew Lock? I'm, I'm going 49ers as my Drew Lock. I think this. I think they are going to win by at least 10. That's not a knock on the Packers. They've had a fantastic second half of the season. Arrow is pointing up. I mean, if they can keep it close against the 49ers and the Lions don't look good and lose to the Bucks, then I think people will be saying this is the Packers division now. Mm. You know, the, the Lions, the Lions run at the top could be short-lived in terms of people's perception. But I don't think the Packers are going to be able to by the time the second half is coming round, I don't think they can lay a glove on the 49ers. This 49ers team is special. Mm. And I'm just thinking, 
okay, who can run them close in the Super Bowl? Because the Packers are not going to get that close to them today on this weekend. All right, you're taking the 49ers then to cover. I like that as well. I think you're both on point with that. I might well be taking taking a bit of 49ers action, but I'm definitely taking the over. What game are we going to give ChatGPT into it? Because I'm going to lean towards the Chiefs-Bills game as my Drew Lock. More of that in a minute. So what should we give ChatGPT to pick? Let's give the Bucks lines to ChatGPT, I think. Oh, nice. Okay, let's give uh, Bucks I'll lines. Run it, I'll run it past ChatGPT right now. You're on it, Ben. Brilliant. All right, so if, if, if ChatGPT is going to take care of that game, and incidentally... Uh, like I said, the chat on Monday with Iron Mike, that's in the vault and me and Shane Vereen, Scott McCabe as well. Some brilliant insight from Scott into the divisional round. They're both in the vault. Let's talk Texas Ravens for a minute um, because the line is big on that as well. Is it nine and a half too, Well, Yeah, it's nine and a half. What's your take on whether the Ravens cover comfortably? Because this is a Texas side going in a bit banged up, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to be short stacked in terms of, of their offense, but there's no Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens. That no. has been announced. So we expect that Nico Collins is going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups without Humphrey in that secondary as well. So I'm guessing that's going to be something they're going to look look to exploit the Texans. Do you see a similar trajectory here that the Ravens are going to dominate? The Texans are playing with house money. It's been a fairy tale season. It doesn't really matter what happens. They've come this far. Or do you think this might be closer than that 49ers-Packers matchup? I think uh, you can definitely see a game script which ends up in the Ravens absolutely blowing out the Houston Texans. As you said, the Houston Texans are banged up. I think we can say now with the Browns' performance last week that the Ravens have the best defense in the NFL from their performances leading up to this game. And obviously without Marlon Humphrey, that is a big impact. I think, and it, this is such an interesting one, it's, it's just how much do you really read into the Lamar Jackson playoff narrative? I mean, it, like he has struggled as a as a favorite in the playoffs at home. Playoffs, he's one and three straight up against the spread as well, one and three. As a, as a home favorite, he's 15 and 23 against the spread. And on 12 plus days rest, he's one and six against the spread as well. This doesn't seem to I got be one a more trend all, actually. matchup. You know, yeah. He's one and nine against the spread when favorite tiered by seven points or more. Mm, exactly. So like in terms of all the trends, all the trends seem to suggest that when Lamar Jackson's in these spots, when he is a heavy favorite, when the pressure is on him to win the game and win the game comfortably, that's when he seems to underperform. But at the same time, and people are comparing this team to the 2019 Ravens, obviously the last time that Baltimore won, uh, sorry, when Lamar Jackson won the MVP, but I think this team is different. I think that team, I think Lamar Jackson has developed as a quarterback. I think he's utilized all of these narratives around him to improve. And everyone said, and I heard Mina Kimes talking about it, made the great point that basically what Tennessee did in that game when they beat them in 2019 after being like 40 point underdogs or whatever it was, they basically just kept, they just covered over the middle and forced Lamar Jackson to throw outside the numbers. And that's just what he was unable to do. And that's what he's developed this season. He's able to throw outside the numbers. Zay Flowers with those slant runs has been excellent in those situations. So it means like whatever you take away from the Ravens now, when that used to say, used to suggest that Jackson was quite one dimensional, that he's not like that anymore. He can adapt this offense can adapt and I think this defense can adapt as well they're not one dimensional in any way whatever looks you're giving them they can adapt to try and stop them and they can improve in the second half that being said I think nine and a half points is a lot considering that this is going to be a weather game there's a lot there's a high wind it's about 50 mile an hour winds it's going to be freezing cold I think the Houston Texans have one of the best run defenses in the NFL the only kind of asterisk to that is the way they performed against the Colts and obviously the Baltimore Ravens are an elite run game and now they've got Dalvin Cook so who knows what Dalvin Cook's going to do but well we we called it did we call Dalvin Cook a Super Bowl MVP on the show I'm sure we did yeah yeah we did we did Um, but yeah what do you think of the of the battle on the lines with um with Will Anderson and Greenard up against up against this this Ravens line and of course and Lamar who is um elusive at the best of times anyway to to try and pin him down and can and can skedaddle out of trouble that's been a key part key component of course of the Ravens uh, of the Texas success this season do you see that being less of an edge against this Ravens side the I love the Texans run defense but the the Ravens rush offense is is just built a bit differently and they 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 make those plays differently it's not a traditional it's not a traditional running game which gives them it gives them a big advantage but i that that texans defense is just so good and not enough has been not enough has been said about it they would they they the whole team performance that was obviously the first the first playoff game of the weekend it really set a tone of there are bigger gaps than we think between some of these teams and the texans are a really good team 
but whether they can stop whether they can stop Lamar Jackson on the move whether they can they can bottle up Gus Edwards and Dalvin Cook and Lamar Jackson I just don't see it I think this this Texans defense as good as it is it is not a good matchup on paper at least especially in Baltimore where the weather could get a bit interesting I will be taking the Texans at plus nine and a half in this game, I think. I think I'm going to take it oh, yeah. close. I think what the, what the Houston Texans will also be able to do, I'll take single Singletree's rushing lines over 56 and a half rushing yards right now as well. What Baltimore Ravens do allow you to do is run on them. They're very much bend, don't break. I think what they try to do is they stop any explosive plays, which obviously could affect Nico Collins and CJ Stroud. They're the best in the NFL at stopping sort of big yardage being allowed against them. But what they do allow is sort of four yards per carry. I think Singletree's gone over this total in five of his last six games. And the Ravens there since week six they've allowed nearly 100 rushing yards per game to running backs at the second highest yards per carry at 4.8 so that is I said that the Ravens are the best defense in the NFL I believe that but at the same time they kind of allow you to run on them because they just don't want to give up any big yardage they don't want to give up any big gains so they'll let you run on them so I like Singletree's rushing line over yeah yeah, yeah. Singletree's looking sharp I mean you know God he's a player we talked about a lot has has a such a high ceiling if he can get in a groove consistently he looked good against Against the Browns last time out, so I um I like that I like that single tree. Is he one of your prop bets, or? So that's one of my prop bets. Uh, here's a stat for you both. I've got a question yeah. for you. So, uh, CJ Stroud is the youngest player at 22 years and 96 days in NFL history to lead the league in passing touchdown to interception ratio in a season. Do you know who the previous youngest was? I'm going to say Mark Sanchez. <laughs> ben. Well, hang on. What's the stat again? Leading the league in leading the league. He's the he's he's the youngest player to ever lead the league in passing touchdown to interception ratio in a season. Who was the previous youngest? So who's he My... taken the record from? Ben Roethlisberger, Arnie Herber for the nineteen thirty two Packers. I can't see would have got that. And he God had nine. Pass, and he had nine passing touchdowns and nine interceptions, and he led the league. <laughs> and he led the league for that long. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, not a high bar, but like said, being the sharpest tool in our box. Uh, so no tank there, obviously. No Noah Brown as well. I think that is gonna ultimately be be too much for them to keep up this Texan side. I, I do see a really similar trajectory to the 49ers Packers game. I'm gonna take the Ravens to cover, despite all of that data in it, and it's brilliant research propo there that you've outlined. But I think the Ravens will will run away with this in the end. I think it will be interesting. I think. They'll land some strikes at Texans, but I yeah. think they'll run, they'll run away with it. I'm done. I'm done. After last week, I'm done betting against CJ Stroud in the playoffs. I like him too much. He's got that burrow. He's got that burrow factor yeah, about true, him. True. He does. He's just he's just a winner. And he's just... Yeah, that's the really crazy like thing about this season. If if we're sitting here next week talking about the Texans in the championship, oh it would not God. surprise me. It just wouldn't surprise me. No, you know. And I think they can I think they can keep this close. I don't see them beating the Ravens, but I can see them covering. Mm, okay, it, all right. I'm even if they do keep it close, the narrative around CJ Stroud waking up on Monday morning, as you said, or waking up on Sunday morning is going to be insane. If he manages to go stride for stride with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore in a playoff game, it's it's going to like, we're already praising him so much and it's, but it's going to take off to, to another level. Stratospheric propos, stratospheric. Right. Well, what's chat GPT saying, Ben? Oh boy. You, you don't even want to know. Okay. Oh so it's given the prediction of uh, box 34, Lions 33. How does Ben pull the actual score predictions from? What Which, is your secret? Okay, 34-33. Uh, yeah, but um, it says, I'm going to quote here this paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, my friend, a oh, one-point victory in a game that will, that will be remembered as a roller coaster of excitement, unpredictability. The football gods themselves look down in amazement at this magical clash where each point... He's a sprinkle of stardust and every play is a page in the spellbinding story of the NFC divisional playoff exclamation mark football emoji star emoji. Gee, what is, I mean, have you, have you taken chat GPT out drinking man, before the show? I just feel like I, my brain is like a supercomputer. I think lots of people have mm. said that, yeah. or at least I've yeah, just sure. said it. Well, you're so good at the pigs. So Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe I've got ChatGPT helping me on the side, um, but not with these sort of predictions. So yeah, um, that's pretty wild. They they what? said I love the it. Lions will execute plays with a flair that rivals Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> what? I know. I can't wait for this game. I, I do think amazing. it could be. I don't think it's too far away from the truth. Apart from, I'm not sure the Bucks are going to win it. 
You, shoot, do you like a shootout in that as well? Do you like the over? I like a shootout, but I liked a shootout last week against the Rams. And there's obviously, realistically, are you really going to bet on a shootout between the Bucks and the Lions? Do you know what I mean? Are you going to really bet on a shootout between Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff? There is such a high chance that either one or two of these quarterbacks have a Baker Mayfield Rashenberg. slash Jared yeah, Goff yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and there's, so there's so other things that I'll kind of lean towards. I think like over the Baker Mayfield passing yards, I think the Detroit Lions are really good at stopping the run. We saw that against the Rams last week. So I like Baker Mayfield over 253 passing yards. My my true lock of the week is Mike Evans over 66 and a half receiving yards. Like he had Ooh. a poor game last week with those drops. He's still a Hall of Famer in my book. He's had an incredible season. And I think he deserves 100% to, to go out if they do lose to the Lions. Goes out swinging. I like him. Take him up to 100 plus uh, receiving yards. I think he could destroy this Lions secondary that obviously got completely and utterly tortured by Puka Nakua last week. And I think Mike Evans is going to get loads of one-on-one matchups. And I don't see anyone in that secondary who can match him. So I like Mike Evans to go big here. I also like... Very much, obviously, Todd Bowles is going to blitz the hell out of Jared Goff. But so Goff's decent against the blitz, Brown. isn't he? Yeah. Goff, Goff is seven, just shy of 75% against the blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, in the like over his last five games, that that stat to be to be clear, right? But yeah, he's been playing well against the blitz. This this stat surprised me. Mayfield, what do you think he is out of nine passes? thrown 20 plus yards in the last couple of games so they're obviously the last regular season game and then the uh and then the wildcard game both of which of course the, the bucks needed to, to win out of nine twenty yard plus so big deep deeper passes what do you think how many is he completed benny percentage or number number I'm gonna... I can't, it's too early for percentages for me give me a oh. give me a number and, and sorry it was out of how many nine uh one seven one Ben, that is red hot. Yeah, one of nine. One yeah, of nine, like really? It, yeah, it's going to be low. I was confident it was going to be low. Yeah, yeah. but I thought, I thought I just I just have so many like yeah, memories of watching red zone like, and bam, bam, him yeah, completing yeah, yeah. to Mike Evans. That really yeah. does surprise me. That yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I was I was really surprised with that. One of five against the Eagles. That was that was it. Didn't uh, hit any uh, hit any the week before. So okay, I love the Lions in this, uh, uh, and it makes my life easier because much as I much as I revere the great Baker Mayfield. And in all seriousness, I love I love what he's done. We've talked about that a lot. We know I can't back him. I can't back the Bucks. It isn't Fitzdale's edge rush commandment. And that tears me up inside at times. But this week, n- no problem at all. I think the Lions are rolling, rolling to the championship game. I think they cover as well. What is it right now? Six and a half? Six, six and a half, yeah. Yeah, I think they cover. It keeps under a touchdown. I'm going to take the Lions to cover. This one. I've been going back yeah. and forth, but I'm with you on the Lions, I think. I feel confident they'll win, but I don't like that line. I think it's going to end up a bit, a bit closer. Ooh, I think okay. it kind of, if to me, it stinks of like backdoor, backdoor cover from the box. I can see a Mayfield backdoor cover. It. True. Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. Okay. We're all in, in agreement on that. Remember that gang, because uh, when we come to our, come to our ACA, I, it's time for my Drew Lock of the week. And as I said a little bit earlier, I'm going to go to the Chiefs Bills games. Another Mahomes Allen matchup. Of course, the first, Road game in the playoffs in, in Patrick Mahomes' life. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? But that is that is interesting. Mahomes, uh, when he's an underdog, obviously yeah. that doesn't happen too much. Yeah. You've seen this one all, yeah? Well, it's just, we, we, we use this all the time, to be fair. Yeah, we yeah, use this. Yeah. We do. And it, this is the first time I'll ever be disagreeing with this stat. Oh, okay. So he's 8-1-1 one one against uh, the spread when he is an underdog. Look, I really like the Chiefs in this spot. And I'll tell you why. The Bills, as we know, properly banged up. They were banged up going in to last week's game and it has taken a lot out of them as well. So we're recording this Friday morning, right? And there is, as the latest game of the slate, there is obviously a chance that uh, certain players will come back, but particularly in the defense, Dodson didn't play last time. Bernard went out as well. Looking at the uh, looking at the latest injury reports, you've got oh, still so many players that either did not mm-hmm. practice or limited practice. So Teron Johnson, Russell Douglas, um, Taylor Rapp, the strong safety. Um, there would have been without Milano, of course, in that middle uh, for for much of the season. Spectre as well is one of the backup backers. They are properly banged up there. Plus, there's talk that Gabe Davis is injured as well. I feel that this is an area 
where the Chiefs and Pacheco can particularly exploit it. Uh, that game last week felt as though the Chiefs were starting to reconcile a little bit offensively because you had Kelsey with seven catches. Pacheco was rolling on the ground as well. Rache Rice is really establishing himself as, as the go-to guy, which then opens up eventually, surely, it cannot be another game where none of the other receivers do anything. None of the others last week got oh, anything close to the the names I mentioned, but two receptions, I think. I don't think anyone picked up two outside of, outside of those three names. The most drops in the league. It's got to change. It it has to change. You've got to just statistically, logic prevails. They will get some productivity from the supporting cast as well. And I think particularly given uh, the the injury flaws in this Bills lineup, I don't see how they can keep them at bay. And and I, I'm really surprised that there hasn't been more money coming in on on the Chiefs here. What is it right now? Or two and a half? Yeah, the line's at two and a half, um, and it's kind of been going between two and a half and three. People are taking the Bills when it's at two and a half and taking the Chiefs. When it's at three. It, it's a bit of a pro-Joe yeah. split. It's a lot of the Joes are on the Chiefs and a lot of the pros are on the Buffalo Bills. In this <laughs> okay, that's where I like to be, as you well know. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good year for the Joes. It has been. I'm, I mean, I'm always with Mahomes in underdog spots the majority of the time, but my only fear going into this one is... Just from what I've seen this season, the amount of times I've thought the Chiefs were back, and I just still think this offense is to some extent broken. Now, that could be counteractive if Pacheco has a huge game. It's obviously going yeah. to be in Buffalo. The weather, the elements are going to be against them. And if Pacheco can really run against his Bills defense, which I think he has all of the traits that could exploit them, then obviously that sets it up perfectly and takes all the pressure off Mahomes where he doesn't have to uh, force his um, throws to go to certain receivers. But I think that obviously, as you said, if they if their linebackers are banged up, obviously that plays straight into the hands of Travis Kelsey. If they yep. don't have um, some of their cornerbacks, it looks like Rashad Douglas is going to be back for this game though, from what mm -hmm. I can read, which is obviously huge. And they should do to Rasheed Rice what the Dolphins should have done last week. I don't know why they didn't just put Jalen Ramsey on Rasheed mm -hmm. Rice. I think that would have had a major impact because again, like he clearly is the number one in this offense. So why won't you try and take him away? Because yeah. I still don't think Pat trusts anyone else, particularly like Justin Watson seems to be the number two receiver mm. at this moment in time, which I think says a lot. And I just think that with Josh Allen being able to run the ball the way that he did last week and what he's done in kind of this postseason stretch, which you can call it because they basically had play-in games throughout. I think with his legs, he'll have a major one. I think this is the time where Buffalo can kind of stamp their authority on this Kansas City Chiefs team. And I think this Chiefs team is still vulnerable. I still think this offense is vulnerable. I still don't think it's close to where it's been in previous seasons. And I think that when you're getting below a field goal, I was always going to take the team who was below a field goal in this. If it was three and a half, I'd take the Chiefs, but it's two and a half, so I'm going to take the Bills. Definite vulnerability for sure. And and my argument is predicated on upside from the supporting cards, which yeah. I've been calling for a long time. And of course, the, the Andy Reid playoff factor, dialing stuff up. I think it's a push when you look at the Maverick play extension X factor, like we saw Allen, of course, in the wildcard round, creating something out of nothing. Mahomes, Allen, that's basically a push. It, it, it's it's tilting the way I'm I'm going or leaving the way I'm going, I should say, because, because of the injuries. And I, I think it, there are too many of them. I think even if players are suiting up, they're going to be banged up. Yeah. I think they can, re as you say, Kelsey's going to have a big game. Pacheco's going to have a big game. I like him. I like him to take it. I, I'm, uh, I'm, taking the Chiefs plus the points is my Drew Lock of the week. Ben, which way are you going on this? Watching the Chiefs last week against Miami, I thought, oh, okay, it's these Chiefs. Yeah. It's the playoff Chiefs. It's the good ones. But on the other hand, they've spent all season showing us who they are. Yeah. And that they have looked unreliable and not their usual self. This feels very close to a pick'em. Um I just despite the injuries I gotta go. I've gotta go. Bills. Although I do like, I do like the bet for Josh Allen to throw an interception, mm, okay. um, which is I think almost guaranteed to happen. I think this is the one where finally Josh Allen and the Bills get over the hump, get themselves past the divisional round. I think they've gone out in the last three, um, whereas the Chiefs have won their last five divisional round games. This would be this. This if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win, it's their sixth consecutive AFC Championship game, which is a pretty wild run. Mm. But I think it ends here. Just okay. We disagree on quite a lot, which um, which is going to make for a frisky episode next week. And I should also point out um, our picks contest. All right, uh -oh. this is our, our overall win or lose picks contest rolling throughout the season. Uh, you know what Ben would do all in this situation? 
if if Ben was Ben was, oh remind me what the uh remind me what the score is <laughs> Ben he said oh that's that's pretty good isn't it where he said that the other week about about his picks record but yeah so I am I'm I'm ahead now I had a bit of a yeah you had a, a good collapse. week last week. I had a shocker week last week going with the although the Eagles Bucks mm. game like the Eagles that you would just the problem is you're picking it again with the Bills Chiefs game if it comes out that injury report comes out on Sunday and the Bills yeah. are completely decimated yeah sure. do you know what I mean that's where it's tough to make that pick on a Thursday yeah, and it's the same with the sure. Eagles you know what Excuse I mean like they were just broken when that, that thing came out <laughs> so uh we'll push the graphic out in terms of where we're at but it's still there's still a chance you can still get get into it but I'm uh I'm doing all right with those straight up picks speaking of straight up picks that's where we'll go next with our our money line acca so what do we agree on my memory is short-term fish like uh did we say we're going to do three teams i think we're going to do i mean it's pretty obvious isn't it it's going to be the ravens the niners and the ravens lions. niners and the lions it's we're pretty right? obvious yeah okay, yeah. okay done ravens, uh, lions, yeah, that's that's lions. not a surprise at all that's not a uh that's not bold in any way there <laughs> uh, yeah exactly <laughs> that's really the, from the uh, surprise surprise what well, opportunity for that analysis everyone <laughs> watch it absolutely get decimated yeah. <laughs> all three are gonna lose now uh i love that propo any more prop bets you've been uh, weaving them in throughout the course of the show anymore um, just going back to that Tampa Bay Detroit Lions game, I think that's that's one to fill your boots in when it comes to prop mm-hmm. bets. You'll see that when it comes to my DraftKings team. Like, I think Amon Ross and Brown could have a huge game. I think Sam Laporta getting back to full fitness. I think he could have a huge game <clears throat> going up against this Tampa Bay defense. Again, they struggle when it comes to defending passes over the middle. And I think Jared Goff will rely on his tight ends and, and his star in Amon Ross and Brown. Basically, you've got two teams who are really good at stopping the run and horrendous at stopping the pass, which means just lends itself to prop bets, lends itself to an entertaining game. So mm. that's where I think you can fill your boots with that one. Elsewhere, as I said, I like Kittle to have a big game for the 49ers. I like CMC to have a big game for the 49ers. And then looking down at the Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans game, whichever tight end starts. If it's going to be, if it's, if it's, if Andrews plays, I'll yeah, Andrews is a Andrews. good point, actually. Andrews is a bit iffy, isn't he, at the moment? At the time of record, this is less trending, less likely to start, isn't he? Yeah, but I think if he doesn't play, which I think is most likely, I think I'll fill my boots with Isaiah likely stuff. Yeah. It's a good week. It's another good week. I had a great tight ends week last week. I think it's another good week for tight ends. These defenses seem to allow a lot of passes over the middle, and we've got a lot of great tight ends on this weekend. So those will be kind of my major focuses when it comes to the prop bets. Is your DraftKings team just made up of tight ends? Uh, pretty much. No, oh, it's Nick actually. McCarthy, it, oh, we're playing six tight ends. And, uh, no, no, but it's season. actually. I'll do. So I'll do my DraftKings team now because it, yeah. it, 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 for the Sunday, because it's. Let's do it. uh, it's Sunday. Pretty okay. Because we're yeah. going to have contests for Saturday and Sunday. That's how it rolls in the playoffs, of course. And I do like playoff fantasy, daily fantasy. It kind of narrows the field, obviously. I do like it. And you've got to have. You've got to gamble on a couple of wildly maverick bets to, to create that separation, right? Or picks to create that separation. So, have you got anyone like who's your most left field pick? Uh, Justin Watson for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, nice. Probably. Love that. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he must be good value, right? What was he like three and a half? Yeah, he's he? nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's literally less. He's about 3,200, 3,300 mm. um, going to this one. But basically, you can see the game scripts I'm predicting. I'm expecting it. Like, and it's, it's weird to say this. Dude. I think there's Lions. Um, Lions versus Bucks is going to be a bit of a shootout. I think that's going to be relying much more on the passing game. Whereas I think because the Chiefs tend to be vulnerable against the run, I think the the Buffalo Kansas City game isn't going to be about the quarterbacks as much as it's going to be about the ground game. So I've got Jared Goff as my quarterback, James nice. Cook and Isaiah Pacheco as my running backs. And then I've got Mike Evans, who I think could have a ridiculously big game. Aaron Ross and Brown, who I think could have a ridiculously big game in the team. Justin Watson's my kind of left field play when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs game. I just think he is the second wide receiver for the Chiefs. There's a chance. I'm just playing that that potential of him being able to get a touchdown. I've already made the case of Sam Laporta. He is my tight end. And then we're just going to keep playing him until it comes off. Jamison Willem, Jamison Williams is going to get at some point a 67-yard touchdown, I think, in this playoffs. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the worst teams against deep passes in the NFL. He's just got to catch it. Just catch it. It's like this sounds like my this sounds like my uh, argument for backing the Chiefs. Like Kadarius Tony. Incidentally, I, I put my own fantasy team together, which I've entered into the league. And again, if we win anything with that, it's not the official show team proposed doing that. Confidently, or encouragingly, I should say, I've got Goff. Um and White as well, um, and uh, Amaros at Brown. And my, I've got Kadarius Tony. I've got Kadarius Tony for 3 2. Come on, Kadarius. Just this feeling of he's got to do something at some he's point. He's got to do something. I mean, I can, mm. can you not see Kadarius Tony? Two touchdowns, but it just pops, pops in the division. What, and after then, the, uh, and, because of the offside. Kadarius Tony, Super Bowl MVP odds. 
I'm gonna, I think I'm, it's more I'm likely for this game, up. though. It's going to be for this game because it's all it, the narrative's the offside, isn't it? From that game when he went on to score course, that touchdown. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah sure, it's that yeah, it's yeah. the Kadarius Tony revenge game. He, be hilarious what, if he gets yeah. in the game again. Game, he gets like 175 yeah, yeah. yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he scores yeah. a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and then next season he scores two touchdowns, and that's it. Exactly. Starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I love it. Kadarius Tony might become my favorite player ever. Sorry, Ol. Were there more? I think I just completely crashed your team with it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. That's it. It's okay. just the Chiefs' defense I went for, just because I think they've got. Because as you said, I think Josh Allen could turn the ball over. Love it. All right, that is that. A big shout out to everybody who has got in touch with us this week with questions for the Passion Company mailbag. There'll be more of those on Monday with me and Iron Mike. Big shout out to everybody who's followed us uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to us there as well. Brand new subscribers on Spotify uh, and Apple Pods and indeed whichever platform you listen to. We look at the data that the gang is growing and growing week in, week out. The numbers are swelling. More and more of you joining and listening to the show. And we're really thrilled that you are and appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy a fantastic weekend of football. Cannot wait for it. I know you two can't either. I will see you both next Friday for the championship preview game. Look, game, game, show, games, show. You know what I'm getting at. Look after yourself, fellas. See you later. Brilliant stuff as ever from the tag team to end all tag teams, Propo and Ben Isaacs. We will be back all together next week. Just leaves time for me to say one more shout out to our partners, Fitstairs. If you are going to have any action this weekend, you're going to back your own Drew Lock. Go do it on Fitstairs, fitstairs.com, but do it in moderation, responsibly. Make sure it doesn't get out of control. Everybody have fun with it. Right, gang, we'll see you Monday for me and Mike. Enjoy the action. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.